Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are in episode 83. We're going to be looking at the four horsemen of Revelation chapter 6. And we are seeing in Revelation 6 the opening of the first six of the seven seals. And in our last episode, which in case you weren't with us, you might want to go to iTunes and catch up, because we we asked and answered the big question, not only for the seven seals, for the very bulk of the book of Revelation, what is being referred to in these chapters? Is it only to events past, which many claim, or is it entirely future, or is there some kind of combination where it has a primary application to historical situations, but it does have relevance either for our day or in the days ahead? And we looked at both already and not yet, both past historical and futuristic. Both of those we tried to put together, and the relevance of that episode should become very apparent by the time we're done with this brief broadcast. All right, Revelation 6 is the actual opening of six of the seven seals in the scroll first seen in the heavenly vision of Revelation 5. And as we see a seal opened in heaven, we see corresponding events on earth. And in chapter 6, very popular in in understanding are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And I'll give it to you in four words what's going on here. Conquest, bloody conquest, that's two words for the first one, but conquest, war, famine, and death fourfold judgment, and a fourfold judgment is very common in the Old Testament. You have it talked about in Leviticus, you find it in Ezekiel 5, you find it in Ezekiel 14, and this is where some people, because it did apply a fourfold judgment to ancient Israel in the Old Covenant, they say that's exclusively what's going on in the apocalypse. It's a judgment on apostate Israel who had rejected the Messiah. Well, if God is God and he comes in a series of fourfold judgments in the old covenant with Israel, why couldn't he do it with the nations? And since now in the new covenant, it's applying to the whole world. So let's go to the first writer, the writer on a white horse and I mentioned to you conquest and bloody conquest. There's a little controversy with the first horse. I'm not gonna spend much time on it because I really think there's some things that need to be said with a couple of the other horses, but in Revelation 19, Jesus rides a white horse. And those of you who grew up when I did cowboy movies, it was real easy to tell the good guys from the bad guys. The good guys wore a white hat and bad guys wore a black hat. And here you have a rider on a white horse. And a lot of people then assume, since Jesus is riding on that white horse in Revelation 19, this is either Jesus or some kind of good messenger. And the other way to look at it is that evil can come in imitation of, form, counterfeit form 
to the true Messiah. And if it's a bloody conquest of others leading to all kinds of calamities in the world, well, this isn't something good. And this is from Beale's commentary on Revelation, which I've referred to several times. He says, if it's correct to understand the fourth horseman of death as a summary of the previous three, then the first must be evil. In other words, the fourth horse serves as somewhat a, of a summary of the previous three horses. If that's the case, and I think it is the case, then we refer to all four horses as probably something not good or not to be desired. But let's move on. Rider number two is on a red horse, and this represents bloodshed and a lot of bloodshed. And I don't even have my Bible open, but I'm going there real quick to Revelation chapter 6 verses three and four, it says this. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come, and out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted, permitted to take peace from the earth so that men should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. There's two things I would like to ask you to remember, and we're going to combine the second writer and the fourth writer in just a couple of minutes, but two things in these two verses. First, the writer in the red horse, bloodshed. It was permitted by God. That's the first thing I'm asking you to remember. And second, he was given a great sword. In Greek, it's mega. It's, it's a huge sword, a powerful sword. Keep in mind those two things, the rider on a red horse. And then the third horse, starting in verse 5, he opened the third seal, and I heard the third living creature say, Come, and I saw. Behold, a black horse, and its rider had a balance in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarters of barley for a denarius, but do not harm oil and wine. What's being said here? This is famine. And it's not surprising, along with war, along with bloodshed, along with conquest, you find famine. And what this is saying, it will take an entire day's wage to buy wheat for one person for one day. Or if you were poor and had a family, it would take an entire day's wage to buy enough barley to feed a small family. And there would be no money left over for anything else whatsoever. It would consume all of your income just for food. And obviously, this would be very disruptive, but famine and financial shortages very often do coincide with widespread bloodshed and conflict. Okay? That's the rider of the black horse. Now, the fourth horse, the pale horse, starting in verse 7. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, and I saw, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was 
death. And Hades followed him, and they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. Now, I would like to do something, and you try to pull this together, is what the second horse and the fourth horse are saying, if you pull these together. And in a certain sense, these seals are revealed sequentially, but these things are, they accompany one another. When there's bloody conquest, when there's war, there's famine, there's financial crises, and there is death. But specifically, let's combine the second seal. And remember, there are two things I asked you to remember. One, this whole thing was permitted by God to take peace from the earth. And the second, it was given a great sword. This is within God's permission. And then the fourth seal, with the writer's name being death, what does it say? He was given power just like in the second horse was given permission. He was given power to kill a fourth of mankind by war, famine, and pestilence. Now, every commentary that I read said, well, you can't take this literally. And I recognize that. Numbers in Revelation aren't to be taken literally. So, Today's population as of July 2018 is 7.9 billion. One-fourth of that population would be 1.9 billion people, a fourth of mankind. So since we don't want to take it literally, this could refer to maybe 1.7 billion people, or maybe a little more, 2.2 billion people. This is astonishing. And this is why episode 82 might be listened to again. Is this just all historical stuff that has no relevance for today? You know, it says that they were given power or permission by God, and they were permitted by God. Do you know some of the most severe divine judgments are when God withdraws his restraining power from the wicked, sinful impulses of mankind. In other words, he lets us have our way, our willful way, our sinful way. And I can think of three times in Scripture where this happens, and all three are utterly serious. The first is with sexuality. In Romans chapter 1, those who willfully turn from God, he allows them to pursue their sexual immorality till it ends up in widespread homosexuality being accepted culturally. Hmm. The second is a worldwide apostasy. We read about this and studied it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where there's a massive falling away from the faith. People may be claiming the name Christian, but falling away in their morality and their personal beliefs in and outside the church. And it's interesting that this happens with permission of God. God removes restraint, and you have perverted sexuality, you have worldwide apostasy, and then third, in Revelation chapter 6, 
he removes his restraint and gives power or gives permission for these heralds of death and war and famine and pestilence to take a fourth of mankind. And you know, just in the last century, discoveries related to the atom have given the modern world a really, really, really big sword. There are now between somewhere 14,000 to 20,000 nuclear and hydrogen weapons in the world. And there's even more advanced trillion-dollar weapons being developed even as I speak. So we really want to be sober given the days in which we are living since I see the sexuality restraint as a divine judgment is being withdrawn on formerly Christian cultures. I see the divine restraint that St. Paul warned about, the great falling away from the faith, that's going on. There are the most wicked things in the world being promoted by those with even clerical collars on. Why is this? Because the restraint is being removed and, and uh, the wicked impulses of mankind are allowed to have their way. We need to remember also that um, we want a strong national defense, but we need to warn ourselves about trillion-dollar foreign engagements that George Washington warned us about. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 83 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.